This is false and defamatory, the impact of defamation and weaponized social media. Trigger warning. This podcast discusses topics related to emotional abuse, gaslighting, verbal abuse, threatening language, cyberbullying, intimidation tactics, and thoughts of self-harm, which may be triggering for some listeners. The content includes descriptions of manipulative behavior, psychological distress, body shaming, online harassment, and other forms of abusive behavior and emotional trauma. Please take care of yourself and consider your mental and emotional state before listening. If you need support or someone to talk to, please seek help from a trusted friend, family member, or mental health professional. Thank you for listening. So I have avoided making this episode like the plague. I have healed to the point where I can read the posts and the deposition and uh, reflect on the trial. And my coping mechanism uh, is humor. Sometimes I have a little bit of dark humor for a coping mechanism. Um, But talking about this part and how it affected me and my family, still, still not over it. The first night when the post started happening, my daughter was with me in the room. My husband was here. Honestly, I can't remember if the boys were in the living room with us or not, but this all was happening and I was just stunned. I couldn't believe that this was happening. And I remember my daughter saying, this is crazy. Who are you talking to? You were talking to somebody and you're like, I know this isn't my mom because you were watching the Gomi thread and there were comments coming in and being made. And you told, I don't know who you were talking to. And you were like, I can see that obviously this isn't true. I can see all these comments being made. And my mom is just sitting there. That night was really, really hard. I was in a lot of shock. I was, I don't know, a little frozen. I don't really remember a lot. I just remember sitting in my spot you were sitting in your spot and dad was sitting in his spot and you were like really shocked and then we started talking about it and you were crying a lot and I just didn't think it was that serious because this person talks her mouth off for a living so I was just kind of like she's just being annoying as she always is and it'll be done but you were really upset and I remember me and dad both being like not saying get over it but like hey it's just temporary we should have expected this just because of her track record i remember like you are shaking and crying and i was just more like why are you so upset like it's not that big of a deal because i i didn't even read the post the first post was too long block her and like you know ignore the messages and then we can just move on i don't really like to get worked up that much so i was just i don't know i'm just very i minimalize everything I didn't really know the severity of it. And then I just remember you were like really sad and shaking and crying. And that's all I remember from the first night. Because of the severity of the posts and the comments in the posts talking about coming to our house and all this BS. That week 
when that one customer got the picture of my son and I and put it in the comments, they had cropped him out. But it scared me that um, they had access to a picture of me and my son and I shut my social media down. Also that week, or maybe even that night, that that weekend, while I still had my social media active, I had a couple dozen at least requests because my Instagram is private of people to follow me, people that I didn't know. I assume they were her followers. Also, you were telling me that a bunch of random people were watching your story and because your Instagram was public immediately make all of your social media private and you were bummed (laughs) about that. So yeah, when I think about it from my perspective as your daughter, I'm like, I'm not scared. I don't care. Let them see my stuff. But then when I think about it from a perspective of, because I'm a mom, if somebody, you know, did that too, I'd probably be freaked out. But because I myself am not freaked out by people looking at my stuff, I don't care if they have a picture of me. Matter of fact, take that picture of me and show people like I don't really I don't care so I was just like why do I have to be private I remember arguing with you about it like just being like it doesn't matter I'm not scared I want them to see because they're being nosy and I'm like you can see that I'm not affected by this and she's not winning anything over on me I think the part for me was because this was so out of the blue I mean I knew that she would have something to say she would always run her mouth about people when they left but The fact that all of these comments were coming in just because she made a Facebook post were threatening us. It made me feel like these people are unpredictable. We don't know. So yes, I would like to think that these people would not actually drive in their car hours to come here to catch some charges, but I wouldn't even expect this behavior. I wouldn't even expect them to be saying the things that they're saying. So I have no idea. And because she had this cult-like following you just don't know. You just don't know. And the unknown was terrifying to me. And I was scared for my family. I was scared for my kids. I was scared for my granddaughter. I just didn't want people to have access to us. And so I said, shut it down. You have to make it private. Don't accept anybody that you don't know, because we just don't know what these people are capable of. You were 20 at the time, but I don't want you getting roped into this drama any more than you already were. And and to affect you. So that's one of the reasons that I wanted you to shut down your Instagram or make it private. I'm not private anymore, by the way. (laughs) I know that it affected my mom. I I knew that she had to go to a doctor and she had to go to see a therapist. And I already had already been seeing therapists. So I was more on board with that. I was like, yeah, you probably should, because I don't know what to tell you other than don't let it affect you. But like, that's easier said than done. And so I was just more happy that she was getting a therapist, got on medication for anxiety, I believe. I honestly can't remember a lot of it just because I'm in college. I'm a mom. I'm an employee. Like there's a lot that I was doing on the side, but I know just like when I still lived here and it was happening, um, it was just an everyday thing. Like you were constantly checking to see if she posted something else. And then if she did, you'd have to take medicine to help your anxiety. And that's really what I remember. But like you just became like super detached from like, or you didn't really play with that much anymore. And, but it's my job to take care of like because I lived here my dad became more hands-on than you you were in your room a lot you were on the couch in your spot a lot just disassociating prior to this starting my mom always had her camera out I didn't like it but I didn't mind it when it came to just because 
was very photogenic. She's super cute. Everybody loves her. They love my mom's posts about her. So I didn't mind that aspect, but my mom always had her camera out like literally every second of every day, which is good because now like looking back, there's some things that you took pictures of that I wouldn't have taken pictures of. Like I remember in this exact room when I was pregnant with my daughter, you made me take a picture of my bump when I was like 35, 36 weeks and I was really fat and swollen and ugly. And I was like, I don't, I don't want to take a picture. You're like, just do it. So I took a picture and I don't look very happy, but like I, I, that's like one of the only pictures I have from me being pregnant. And so like, that's just an example. Um, that's right. Uh, you say your mother was right. I, I, that's what I'm no. hearing. <laughs> no. My mom just always had her camera out and was always posted on social media. I swear to you, every time I refreshed Instagram or got on, she had a story. It was either Max or it was my daughter or it was my brothers or it was... And so going from that to um, nothing is like a day and night switch. And so I became the one who had to take photos of my daughter all the time. I don't post as much as my mom or anything, but I definitely was not as good at taking photos just because like, I don't know, I just don't get my camera out like that. And so missing out on some of the photos because I didn't take them and I was reliant on my mom to take them was a weird thing just because I was used to always seeing pictures of my mom just tags me on Facebook in the post and I just see it like that. So I had to start being the one to post them, which is fine. She's my daughter. But, you know, it's, it was just different going from how involved my mom was from the day I got pregnant to the day this happened. It was like a night and day switch of how detached and withdrawn she got. One of the things that the defendant posted that involved you, and she would say this over and over and over again, was that my daughter said that I was the fakest person that she had ever known. I remember you and I would have conversations uh, because I would just always be very professional and you would kind of make fun of me and say, you know, how can you be professional if you don't like somebody that's so fake? And so... When you see or hear about this comment where the defendant is trying to weaponize anything that you may have said about me being fake. My immediate reaction to seeing her say your daughter is okay. If you're going to quote what I say, say it correctly. Put the full story in there. And also I used to say that you have a nice way of calling people dumb. So do I. But... So I was saying that because I used to watch her and just with a smile on her face, like call them an idiot in her own way. And so if I said that she was fake, it was in that context. But also I've never told that woman anything like that to her face. So I was more like, don't bring me up in this. Like you have some sort of case on me being on your side or something like that. But yeah, I was more, I just more get irritated when people say that I said something and I didn't. The defendant was very close in local to the area that I went to school in, that I grew up in. So a lot of my friends knew her or of her. Some people I know, acquaintance-wise, worked for her. So I had people ask me about it, like, would send me a screenshot and be like, is this about your mom or is this your mom or whatever? And I was like, yeah, but, you know, it's not true, obviously. And that part I don't like because when somebody comes to you about something, they already have an impression about it and trying to change their mind is just annoying and I'm the type of person who like if you're if you believe something about me believe that and add your own details so I was just like yeah it is but it's not true that's all I'm gonna say 
But yeah, people ask me about it. And to this day, people still ask me about it. But that's mainly because of the blog and social media posts that you make. One thing I said to my friends is like, one thing about Crystal is she going to sue somebody. But people, some people take that as like, take that the wrong way. But it's like, actually, no, it's not like she's not just suing just for money. She's suing so that you realize that your actions have consequences. You know what? And I hope more people do. Because you're absolutely right. It is not about that. If I could have filed criminal charges, that would have been something that I would have pursued. But this was a civil matter and I knew it was. And if I have a civil matter and a civil disagreement with someone at a level of seriousness, I, I will file a lawsuit. It's not fun, but I will hold you accountable. When this was happening that first weekend, it was really sweet to me and it let me know how Clara really felt about it. She wanted to take matters into her own hands. She had things to say. I wouldn't let her. I would. Oh let, yeah, you want to let me comment back? Yeah, I wouldn't let her comment. And it was comforting to me that she at least did want to defend her mom. I was like, my savage little baby. She wants to defend her mom, and that was really that was really sweet. So I did appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine for two years, almost every day, your child was being bullied and you couldn't say or do anything about it. There was this person, the defendant, who made a decision one day to start defaming your child on social media day after day and had a group of thousands of followers that called themselves her army who accepted the lies and defamatory statements as fact without any verification. These followers, her army, also threatened physical violence against your child. This person's posts on social media would be shared to over 200,000 followers at a time over and over again. To make even more impact, the defendant tagged the maximum number of people allowed, including naming Crystal's church and people from our hometown in her defamatory posts on social media. I realize my child is an adult, but my feelings are the same. I am her mom. My heart was hurting. I was angry and heartbroken. This has been my reality. I am Deanne. I'm Crystal's mom. And I would like to explain the impact of this case and the defamation on our family. Just a little background for me. Uh, I do have a bachelor's degree. I went to Tarleton. My degree is computer information systems. I have a teaching certificate. I didn't go to college right after high school. I married Crystal's dad and uh, had Crystal when I was 20. Crystal's dad and I divorced uh, when she was one and I really didn't have a plan. I had a really good friend who was attending school at Tarleton and she said, hey, why don't you come live with me and uh, go to school? So that's what we did. I'm giving this background just so you understand how close Crystal and I are. What happened to her really affected me mentally, physically. And I'm sure, I don't want to sound like I'm that special. <laughs> There's a lot of parents, I'm sure, that feel, would feel the same. But she and I went to live with my friend when she was one. And it was really fun. I took her to class, uh, the night classes with me, uh, to the labs. And she played. And, and uh, I'm sure I was an angel. She was. She really was. Perfect child. But I'm sure you couldn't do that now. But <laughs> uh, back in the mid-80s, they didn't say anything. Uh, we were just, like I said, we were just really close. I did meet uh, her stepfather there, and uh, we've been married now for about 
uh, almost 40 years. This year, it'll be 39. And her dad has since uh, married a very nice uh, woman, and uh, they have two other children. I began my career as an educator, and I spent 14 years teaching high school business and computers. I was able to then be with my daughter through her school years, and it was very enjoyable. I was able to be there through all of her activities, school functions, and, and all of that. It was very fun. You were I enjoyed it. Teacher. I was her teacher. She was a good student. I did have to put the little check mark, talks too much on almost every semester, but she made very good grades. She was in the honor society. She was just a very good student. I was very happy to be there. I got to go to all of her activities, proms. I was part of the graduation ceremony and it was very, very nice. After Crystal graduated, I did move into the business world. I became an IT manager at a local company and I worked there for 23 years. I recently retired. Our family does have a business and currently after retirement, I have been assisting with that business. And now I do a lot of traveling, following my grandchildren around with all of their activities. I remember we were at a baseball game and she has mentioned this before and this company name on the back of a shirt. And I did say it sounds like a strip club. And I apologize. I don't mean that derogatory. It just was a strange name to me. And that's what I said. So she went to work for this company. I supported her. I bought some clothes. I came to some of the sales. I did meet the defendant. I knew that she was putting in a lot of hours. I would watch some of the lives. I, you know, I had in the back of my mind, I, I felt like she's working too much. I really wish she wouldn't. I tried to talk to her, but you know, she seemed happy. I knew she liked the clothes. I knew she was trying to do more for the company and do good things. And so I just watched her, you know, work for the company and supported her as best I could. So one day I was at home and I started getting text messages from my granddaughter. And she's saying, Nana, do not comment anything on the defendant's social media. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? She do not comment. And so now I'm like, well, what? I'm going to go see. What are you talking about? Well, she has so many social media sites. <laughs> I don't know which one she's talking about. So I start looking Facebook, Instagram, uh, which Facebook, the store page, her personal page. So I probably started looking for the store site and couldn't find it. I think I eventually found her post and I just, <laughs> I was in shock. I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe what she was saying. It was insane. It was just, it was, it was crazy. I was like, what? And it took every ounce of, it, it, she just was telling me, you do not say anything, do not say anything. And I would say, you're not the boss of me. <laughs> uh, I just have a policy that I just didn't get involved with social media drama. Well, at the point that this was happening, I knew that she had already talked to the lawyer and the lawyers is Todd and we know Todd. I've known Todd for years and years and years. He officiated their wedding. You know, he's a friend of the family. So I knew she had spoken to him and his advice, which was excellent advice, was do not say anything. Do not respond. Do not respond. Now, 
it's excellent advice when it's not your child. And um, and I said, I'm going to go down and talk to him because he doesn't understand. You know, there's a lot worse things in life. And we we talked about it. We talked about putting it in perspective. And there there was times, and Crystal will show a lot of things about her health. And there was really scary times with her followers. And we were scared that they might hurt some of the family. And that was real threats, real threats. You cannot take that lightly. And her health and her blood pressure got very scary. And it could have caused a very significant event in her health. I'm not saying that that's, we should minimize that. But we did put it in perspective. So again, I'm very upset right now. And she's upset. And we got upset a lot. But we, we are putting this in perspective. Whenever I located the post, because of my IT background, I realized the severity of what I was seeing. Her posts were public. I knew that anybody could see these posts. I knew about tags. I knew about sharing. So immediately, I was even more upset knowing that her business was so close in proximity to my daughter and all of the people around her. You know, it was local. And when I saw what she had done with the sharing and the tags and all of that, and I knew immediately, you know, I'm not the typical grandma. There was one time that I eventually couldn't stand it. And I made a comment that it was lies. All of it was lies. I didn't say anything derogatory toward the defendant. I did comment with my account, with my name. Um, she did talk about it in a live later and said my name. I think she alluded to the fact that I should be ashamed of my daughter because of what she did. It was very infuriating. Somebody said that Crystal's mom was on my post earlier. Why? What's your name, Deanne? I think you're a really nice lady. I wouldn't get... I'm sorry. I know. Listen, I'm sure grandma feels about my mom, how you feel about Crystal. Like, you don't want to admit that it's crazy, but... Oh, Lord. Uh, after I commented, she blocked me. Uh, that's what she does. She will talk about how she has no mean comments and no one ever comments about her that is mean. That's because if someone does comment that she doesn't like, she immediately deletes it or one of her many admins deletes it and then they block them. So no one can comment because they get blocked immediately. I did watch every live, every story. I read the posts and it was very upsetting. I couldn't believe what she was saying. Uh, and honestly, because Crystal didn't comment back, I think it emboldened her. And I know that Crystal's lawyer, he honestly believed that after the lawsuit was filed, as most normal people would, she would have stopped. She didn't. And she just got more and more bizarre because she saw what it did to her views and her likes. And people would pat her on the back and tell her, oh, you poor thing. I can't believe this is happening to you. Oh, it's just terrible. And she got this attention. When I taught school, there were students, bless their hearts, they wanted attention so bad and they would do anything for attention. It didn't matter if it was negative. That's what they wanted. And she's like that. She wants that attention. So the more attention she got, the more wild she would get. And it emboldened her. And so she kept on and on and on. And I would listen and I, 
I would scream at the phone because I couldn't, I couldn't comment. I couldn't say anything. I would scream, shut up, shut up. You're a liar. That sounds really weird. And I would call Crystal and I would, and I know it made her feel bad because I would just be crying. And I'd say, tell Todd to make her shut up. Just tell him. He has to make her shut up. And I feel bad for that because she couldn't do anything. She couldn't, but I couldn't. You know, we had that relationship, and she knew that I was just getting it off my chest. And after I told her, and we talked about it, and I cried, and she cried, then we would just go another day. But, you know, she would do posts and lives multiple times a day. It's She kept talking about my truth, my truth, and I would just, I just couldn't believe it. So then... Uh, on top of that were the comments by the followers. That was even more bizarre. And as we went along at the beginning, I would see the comments and I would say, oh my gosh, that person, they don't understand. Oh, I'm going to screenshot that so I can tell them at the end because they don't know that she's lying. I, I've got to, they, they've got to know the truth. I, I feel so bad. They don't know the truth. And so I would screenshot and save it and all this. As we've gone along, they don't want to know the truth. They believe her no matter what. You can't tell them the truth. I've learned. I've learned it's the same people over and over again, and they're going to tell her whatever she wants to hear. Now, Again, I've learned they will tell her what she wants to hear because they don't want to be the next target. If they don't go along with her and they don't tell her what she wants to hear, then they become the next target. I know Crystal has spoken about this. Some of them were her friends. I didn't know that. I didn't know who they were. It, it hurt her more by knowing the names. I didn't know the names. I just could see the comments. They were uh, threatening. You know, there were profanity. The names that were calling her. You know, when kids are in high school and girls are mad at each other, and they would say things to each other. You know, that's one thing. These comments were, they were next level. I, I just, I just never knew people talk like that. And in the next sentence, in the same comment, they would say, I'm going to pray for you. I was just appalled. Now, I don't want it to sound like, you know, I'm a righteous person and I understand that, you know, people sin and, and they say things and it's okay. I'm just saying that how could you do that? Uh, they were calling Crystal names and threatening her and saying they were going to drive, you know, hours to beat her up, quoting songs that were talking about violence against her. It was horrible. Now, there were things that they were saying that were the most offensive to me was about her being a non-Christian. And I kept on telling her that those were the most offensive to me. I raised her as Christian and I took great offense because they were using Jesus as a weapon. They were saying things like, Jesus don't like ugly, meaning the ugly was crystal. And I guess ugly was sin. And of course, Jesus doesn't like sin, but it was as if they weren't sinners and Crystal was. I'm sorry, but Jesus died for everyone. And it was just so offensive to me. Jesus is not a weapon. He's a refuge. That's not what you should say to people. It's horrible. And I kept telling her, make sure your lawyers talk about this in court because it's 
it's something that should be talked about how that affected your family it was just it was just very offensive the way they used it and it's very upsetting to see those comments those were just the most upsetting to me as i would listen to the defendant on her lives say all of the horrible things that she was saying accusing my daughter of criminal activity and just bizarre, crazy things. She would also call her names. And so I'm just going to read you some of the things she called her. Profanity, whole, awful, bad mother, bat, profanity, crazy, crazy, creepy, devil, Lucifer, antichrist, Satan, disgusting, disloyal, dumb profanity, evil, Gross, hater, idiot, ignorant, jealous, liar, looney tune, loser, low life, manipulative human, mastermind, mongrel, monster, narcissist, nuts, obsessed, pathetic, psycho, psychopath, ringleader, Rude, stupid, troll. For the trial, it was categorized into how many times a defendant called Crystal a name. Crazy, a hundred times. Troll, 37 times. Disgusting, 33 times. Gross, 18 times. Psycho or psychopath, 16 times. Liar, 13 times. Dumb, dumb profanity ignorant 13 times, devil or Satan 10 times, Lucifer 7 times, idiot 7 times, antichrist or evil 2 times. So that did not include the followers. They, they chimed in. I'm sure there's another several there. So you can see that having to listen to the defendant say all of that can be very disheartening and upsetting. The defendant really wanted to have a lot of reach. She wanted to reach as many people as she could. All of her social media did have, at one time, over 200,000 followers. But to add to that, one time she even embedded one of her lives where she was blasting my daughter and telling a bunch of lies. She embedded that in her store webpage. That is one of the reasons that the business was also included in the lawsuit. After reading the posts and watching the lives and, and just being so upset at everything that I was watching and her comments about Gomi and Reddit so much, I eventually said, you know what? I'm going to go read there. I want to see what they're saying. If she's accusing my child of being on there and that's supposedly what, you know, she's the one saying all these things, I'm going to go read it. So I did. I, Gomi at the time was public. You didn't even have to have a username or anything. So I just went there and started reading. And then eventually it kind of went away. I eventually made a comment on Reddit one time 
and again was ordered to delete it by my daughter. She thinks she's the boss of me, so I did. I deleted it. When I was on Reddit, it was like, oh my goodness, they know that she's lying. They actually, you know, some people were were wondering if Crystal had done some things. You know, it's that they didn't know her like the people that were the followers. Half the people that were commenting knew Crystal. They should know better. But the people on Reddit didn't. But they, most of them were believing that Crystal hadn't done anything. They were doubting and they knew what kind of person that the defendant was and they were doubting it and they were like you know i bet you that she didn't do anything you know but also they were the ones say about they <laughs> like, like i obviously actually, them. Yeah. they didn't have to believe it they knew it actually the part about all the usernames of course they knew that that wasn't you and because it was them because <laughs> it was them so they knew that part wasn't true but the other things the criminal things that she was accusing crystal of doing they knew of course, the part about the names wasn't you. At one point when I was reading on Reddit, the commenters were saying, I hope Crystal doesn't back down. Hope she doesn't give up. And I thought to myself, y'all don't know my child. She will not back down. They were looking at Crystal as someone who was going to finally make the defendant be held accountable. Their stories were showing that she had been doing this over and over again for years. She had been attacking people on the internet and basically trying to destroy them. And here now they had Crystal who was taking her to court and saying, no, you will not do this. You will not do this again. And it was almost like they were saying, finally, someone is going to do this. And Crystal and I had had that conversation at the beginning because Crystal had learned after she went to work there, she had started to hear that she had been doing this. And so many people had just disappeared and left and she would badmouth them and, and tear them up on her social media. And it was so sad. And as we would talk about it and just cry our eyes out and read and hear and listen to all what she was saying. And Crystal and I would say, you know, maybe you're the one, you're strong enough and you can do it. And we knew, and I knew in my heart, she wasn't going to back down. And number one, I wasn't going to let her. I was not going to let her. We were going to see this through. Now, of course, we were going to make sure the family is safe and all of that. And that's number one priority. But she wasn't going to back down. And the Reddit community, what they were saying was, hey, somebody finally is going to make her be accountable. They had watched her. And when they comment about the defendant, a lot of their comments, yes, some of them are mean. Some of them are probably uncalled for. But a lot of them are because they want to see justice. They want to see her and what she's done to other people. They want to see some consequences to her actions. It's not because they just don't like her. It's because she has wronged a lot of people. This situation was just so upsetting to Crystal. Well, to all of us, but especially to Crystal. And um, I knew she was taking medication. And I told her, you take whatever you need to take. Uh, in the past, I had been a little bit hesitant on on medication. And, you know, my mom was very tough. And she was like, 
pull yourself up with, you know, with your bootstraps and just tough it out. And this situation, I just said, look, you need it. Go take it. And I encouraged her and I encouraged her to see a therapist and all of that. Now, I have very good friends that helped me through this. I have prayer groups that, uh, that helped me through this. Uh, we texted a lot. It was very difficult to explain all of this. A lot of it uh, with my prayer groups, we didn't, I didn't have to explain everything. I just would say a little bit and uh, just text them at times when I needed some prayer. And uh, they were, they would just pray. I especially had two good friends that helped me a lot. Then I had a group of, I call them my uh, baseball ladies. Uh, we traveled a lot. We watched uh, the Rangers play. The and Texas Rangers? The Texas Rangers. <laughs> we go watch the Texas Rangers. Not not to be confused with the Texas Ranger uh, law, enforcement. law enforcement. But we travel and watch the Rangers, and we go to games together, and we're, uh, we go to spring training. And uh, they kept up with a lot of this, and we text back and forth, and uh, they would send cards and things. So I had a support group. I didn't have a therapist, uh, but I had a support group that helped me through a lot of this. I also listened to a lot of Christian music. So I'm saying all this because if you get in this situation, and again, part of this podcast and part of what Crystal's trying to do is to educate people. And to help others if they get in a situation like this is that you need support and you might need medication and you, you know, you might need a therapist. There are lots of avenues that you need to seek out and we do that and we have a strong faith and all of those things will help you. And uh, one of the songs I listened to quite a bit was Hope Doris, Promise Keeper, because the words to that song said, you know the ending before the beginning. I know that you have all things worked out. Because everything drug out for so long, I just had to put my trust in him. And I had to know that he had all things worked out. And he knew the ending before the beginning. And that song really helped me to just keep that in my heart and keep remembering that. Throughout all of this, we never wished anything bad to happen to her. We wanted her business to thrive. It wasn't about the fact that she was talking about clothes. It was about that she was defaming my daughter while she talked about clothes. There was no reason for her to have to talk about Crystal when she was having her lives. And she continued to say that Crystal was ruining her business and ruining her life when she was doing a great job of that herself by not keeping her mouth shut about the case. It was obvious that she was the one that was tearing herself apart and tearing her life apart. And it was obvious to everyone but her. And really, we didn't want anything bad to happen to her. We were very sincerely sorry when her father passed away. The divorce, it was just horrible. It's the whole thing. We were never happy about any of it. It's She kept saying that we would get joy out of all of this. And it is not. It is nothing we want to get joy out of. It makes me very sad that she's it's strange from her own mother. I, I, I know the relationship I have with my child and it makes me sad uh, that she's estranged from her mother. I know that we have to forgive her for everything that she's done. We aren't there yet, but we are going to get there. She spouts off that she's forgiven Crystal again. 
Crystal didn't do anything to her, but I, I can't just spout off and say, and I know Crystal can't either, but we're getting there. Okay, I really do want to put this into perspective. It was a very terrible, horrible, bizarre, crazy time in our family's life. We do still have each other. We do still support each other. There are a lot worse things happening in the world. As we continue to heal, we will continue to hopefully help other people along the way that might be in a similar situation. I'm going to end my portion of this with uh, something one of her followers posted, and it just really brings home what they are doing on social media. How liars create the illusion of truth. One lie, blindly accepted, without verification, without checking all facts, but believed out of habit, bullying, fear, or convenience, can destroy individuals, families, communities, and even nations. And if you choose to accept and support the lie, you are equally as morally responsible for the damage created as is the original purveyor of the lie. Next time on False and Defamatory. On no planet did I think that she would involve the police and the FBI and the Texas Rangers or whatever else she was saying. People's anger that there were, uh, you know, people being mean to the defendant on the internet, that was now directed at me and H. And that was her goal. He saw how it affected me and he said, we need to check your blood pressure. And it was very high. He was concerned because if your blood pressure gets too high, you can have a stroke, a literal stroke. I had never really experienced anxiety before. No, now knowing what that feels like, and I don't know if it's an anxiety attack or whatever, the only thing that I could say was, it felt like my insides were vibrating. You can't will that away. You can't will your blood pressure to go down. It's not, it's not a thing. To have it be affecting me as much as that it was affecting me to where I was just, didn't even recognize myself. The target that I was racing towards of her being served and so she would stop happened. And immediately you could see it in my blood pressure. And at the time, I didn't know that I would be shutting my social media down for almost two years. When you're in a legal proceeding, you're not supposed to talk about it. Only one of us, <laughs> between myself and the defendant, abided by that. But I didn't talk about it. And so I was afraid to go in public. I was afraid for people to see me. And I was very isolated. My circle became a dot at that point. I was so confused by the fact that there were authorities involved. I was ready and willing to gather every single electronic device in my possession that my kids had access to and sit on my front lawn and wait for somebody, some authority to come and go, we need to see all of your electronic devices. Okay, go ahead. But it made me feel like I was being watched the first time that I went out into public. And that was terrifying because the defendant kept saying, everybody knows, and, I, and she wanted people to know, she was tagging people to know, but that's exactly what happened. I would only go to the 8.30 a.m. service because nobody goes to the 8.30 service. I, at my church before, I had seen people wearing her clothes. I lived in that misery for months and months and months and months. 
Even now, today, I will catch myself looking around in public to see if anyone is staring at me and wondering. It's just a habit. But I couldn't talk about it. I couldn't defend myself. I was off social media. I just had to sit there and review the footage and read the comments of what everyone else was saying without a voice. You are a liar. You are a liar. You made this up in your brain and you are trying to destroy my life with it. The False and Defamatory podcast is hosted, edited, and produced by me, Crystal Wrighton, with music by Harry B. Ragsdale, who also serves as my audio engineer. First and foremost, I would like to thank my guests who generously shared their time and insight with us. I would also like to thank my husband, my mom, my children, my therapist, my attorneys, and trusted friends who walked with me through this process and made this podcast possible. Being able to finally speak the truth is incredibly healing, and I appreciate you listening more than I could accurately express. If you would like to continue receiving my latest episodes and stay up to date with my content, please subscribe to the False and Defamatory podcast on your preferred podcast platform and follow False and Defamatory on social media with the handle at False and Defamatory. Links to False and Defamatory social media as well as my blog can be found in the episode notes and on falseanddefamatory.com. Listening to the False and Defamatory podcast is free on most platforms. However, if you prefer a video podcast or would like to see the documents discussed in the podcast shown on screen, you can subscribe to my Patreon, where you will enjoy these benefits as well as early access, bonus content, and ad-free listening. The defendant spread her false and defamatory claims to hundreds of thousands of followers for more than two years. My goal is to share the truth so it can reach each person who heard her lies. By sharing this podcast, you can help me achieve that goal. Your support means everything to me and helps me reach a wider audience. So please hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with those you think would benefit from it. Thank you again for sharing and for listening. All social media posts referenced in this podcast were included in the evidence in case number 096-321-678-20 in the 96th District Court of Tarrant County, Texas, where the jury unanimously ruled in my favor on August 24, 2022. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the False and Defamatory podcast does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Views and opinions expressed by the guests are those of the guests and do not necessarily reflect the view of the False and Defamatory podcast or Crystal Wrighton. Please do not make any attempts to reach out to the defendant or her followers. Names have been redacted to protect the privacy of the defendant and her army of followers who commented on her public posts. The unanimous jury verdict has not only provided me with justice, but also allows me to share my story. The purpose of this podcast is to share the truth and to provide educational content regarding defamation and social media. If you have any questions about this or to view the documents discussed in this episode, please visit falseanddefamatory.com.